I'm here today with John Belton, the owner and head trainer of Number 17 Personal Training, located at Vault 8 Park Place, Upper Hatch Street. John is my personal trainer and he's my go-to man whenever I, I have been preparing for a big race. Today I'm chatting to John about trail running and particularly a run I had last weekend when I went up Steve Donard, hadn't been on the mountains in a while and I started to remember what the after effects were of a trail run having the doms the following day the doms being a delayed onset muscle soreness something you don't notice immediately after the run but it comes on you in the days later so john is going to chat with me a little bit about that john welcome to the no finish line podcast thanks for having me john i'm very excited to be here i'm after coming into you and i want to improve my strength for trail running i haven't done any gym work what would you suggest First thing I would suggest is that we go through an assessment of how well you move and we look at where those weaknesses are. So generally what we see with trail runners is they have lots of endurance, their capacity to move, their capacity to breathe, all that stuff is good, but they're quite weak when we start looking at foundational movements like squats, even a simple thing like a plank, they break down, they're not able to hold good form. So that's where we start with building strength. Right, now the reason I ask that is I have been trail running for on and off for quite a few years. I've been recently injured. I took a break from trail running and last Sunday I went up to Sleeve Donard and I was more or less going out to do what I had done before and you kind of forget that you've lost your fitness. When I came down off the mountain, got into the car, legs were a bit stiff, but then when I tried to get out of the car, my legs were really, really sore. So I had the doms all over again. Quads were really, really killing me. And the next day it was it was as bad as it ever had it. I think when people will say they've lost their fitness, they feel like they've gone back to square one. And generally what's happened there is that they became slightly deconditioned. So if you think about a car that's been sitting up for a couple of months and then you go to take it out, there'll be a few squeaks and a bit of rust around the tires and a, you know, a few little things that have kind of aged ever so slightly. So I think it's important to get your mindset right around, you know, whether it's injury or your current state of condition. Because as you'll know, your performance will come up and down and back and forth a little bit at different times of your training cycles that you implemented, you know, so that you peak for certain races and then you'll you'll drop off. So to kind of come back to why you felt that muscle pain and stuff like that, that was, I would say, bad preparation, which is extremely surprising coming from you. Um, going out there to jump back into something intense like Schlieve Donard, which I know is a pretty tough one. I think we faced that a number of years ago together. So I would say it's not a strength issue for you. It's slightly deconditioned on perhaps hills. And I think there's a lot of steps on Schlieve Donard as well, isn't there? Yeah, there's a lot of steps in the way up which in some ways made it easier for me to progress so I didn't feel the need to turn around as soon as I might have if I was on a mountain where I didn't know where I was going. And would you argue that your legs got sore on the way down from that stepping down of steps? Yes, they did get sore on the way down and I say a lot of it is to do with the steps but when I was coming off sleeve Donard itself, it's quite steep and I feel that I was having to break quite a lot so I could feel that I was going to tense in my leg because I there's that bit of fear of falling when I hadn't been in the mountains in such a long time. What we've done there is, by default, we've screened you. So if you were coming into me now saying, look, I've been out running and I'm sore and I'm in bits, I need to get stronger, we'd have this conversation. And now I've put a couple of pieces together. Obviously, we haven't spoken about hydration or any of that, but the actual terrain you were coming down, the eccentric loading of coming downstairs, like that will fry your VMO because you're, you're essentially, you're breaking a lot. You're lowering yourself down a little bit more. Your VMO is the muscle, that teardrop muscle that sits on the, me- the medial side or the inside of uh, just above the knee. And the last kind of 15 degrees of extension, it's of knee extension and flexion it's involved in. So if you're uh, if you're on steps and you're coming down and you're, you know, you're guarding yourself and the brakes are on, it's going to fry that crap out of your legs. Um, eccentric loading is the way that you, let's say you did a chin up 
and then you lowered your body straight back down again from that chin up. The lowering phase of the movement is the eccentric phase. So the lowering down on those stairs can be extremely heavy on the legs, and that in itself is a massive change to just running downhill. Um, in typical in typical fashion, running downhill, you'll have your torso forward, and you'll be trying to get the pace up. But um, on the steps, you're gonna be, you get that flat surface that gives you a false sense of security, so you break a lot more. On that day, I went from sea level to 852 meters, I think it is, and I would have descended the same. So the pain from that is still, I think, in my legs as I'm noticing when I'm in work and I'm standing up and sitting down. How long should I leave it now before I go back into the mountains? And could you recommend maybe a session that I do as my next trail run? Yeah, so I suppose this comes down to it depends, which is my favorite answer for every fitness question. It depends on what your goals are at the moment, John. It depends on, you know, if you have a big race coming up or if you want to get back in the mountains, back in the hills. If you're, you know, if you feel you're exceptionally weak in the mountains, I would suggest getting back out sooner, but maybe even getting a hill walk as a form of active recovery. I think that would be a great way to do it. If the legs are feeling, you know, still very fried and, and especially if the joints are slightly achy, I would suggest stepping back a little bit from the hills, but bringing in some type of cross training, some type of, you know, easy conditioning class, uh, a little bit of rowing, a little bit of less impact related uh, training. Okay, as homework, can you recommend maybe two simple exercises that I could do between now and then? First one is to make sure you're hydrating and make sure you're getting your electrolytes in and make sure you're getting adequate protein in so that the muscle tissue can recover. Uh, to echo your own words, you can only train you can only train to a level that your body can recover from. There's no point in overloading. So make sure the nutrition is there. That's the best thing. And sleep. But from an actual movement point of view, I would suggest a very simple flow-based yoga, uh, gently opening up the hips, open up the quads, open up the hip flexors, and getting oxygenated blood through your body. When I finished the, the run, I had a protein recovery drink in the car, one of the kind of commercially made up ones, Connecticut ready-made drink. What would you have had? I would probably have gone with something similar. I think that's a smart choice. And thankfully, the endurance community are understanding the importance of protein now instead of just carb loading. I know we were on world 100 kilometer races where everyone just did past it the whole time. There was very little actual amino acids coming in. So I would suggest, yes, some form of chocolate milk or like that. Those The Connecticut drinks are extremely handy for that. Um, I'd add in a little bit more carbohydrate for myself personally and probably for you as well because we can definitely take it, especially post-workout. And that's where your recovery process starts starts you know it starts the second you finish your race and you're fueling up and you're i'd stick on compression tights as well and i'd uh, or if in the ideal world i jump in the irc or something cold something else that i didn't mention because it might sound obvious when i finished then had a two-hour drive so i was straight back into the car and i was in the car for two hours and that's when i really really noticed the pain would you have drove home straight away or would you have walked around for a little bit i definitely encourage more movement more movement again you know you've finished a big race or a big training session like that the last thing you want to do is more activity but just getting into a nice flowing easy mobility piece makes a huge huge difference in that uh, situation so gentle walkouts with some rotation or you know you can follow along little things on youtube would really speed the process up i'd even suggest if it's a two-hour drive home stopping an hour into it at a petrol station getting a quick quad stretch in open up the glutes open up the hips a little bit and get yourself a, a bottle of water should i wait until the doms have passed before i head out again I wouldn't wait until the doms have completely passed before I train again. But before I bring on a very intense session, yes, I would say give the legs time to calm down. Unless you're trying to really push yourself into a peak phase of your training, I, I would suggest that you step back off the hills, get some some 
steady state work in, get some uh, speed work in if you wanted it, but nothing that's going to bring massive intensity to your training. Is there anything that you think I could have asked you that you might like to offer us some uh, advice? So if you were if you were looking to get competitive in the hills, um, I think people don't, sorry, I'll, I'll rephrase that, they underestimate the the impact running on hills and mountains has it's really enjoyable and i love it but on your achilles and on your joints so it's very very potent training when you start getting up into a mountain when you start bringing that incline in obviously we feel it in our heart rate but you know and, and people measure the distance as opposed to the vertical distance they measure oh well it was only a 5k but if it's a 5k up and you know a pretty significant climb that's something that you really need to start factoring into your training when getting into the mountains and one last takeaway if there's one single exercise you could give me to do at home what would that be improve the functionality of your glute so i would do single leg bridging and double leg bridging and bringing a weight into it as well and they're all simple exercises you can find on youtube very simple exercises i actually have a quick point i want to add in i think was the last time you were on sleeved on art is that when your knee gave in no it actually gave in on karen tool that was back in 2006 but sleeved on art was when we took your box you took your boxes off we didn't do it and we wrapped them around your knee with some duct tape to give it support to get down a mountain that's correct so so you have a bad history with sleeved on art that's why i went back uh, that was my first opportunity to go back and relive it okay well that's good so then you've made massive progress since the last time you hit it well that's 13 years ago (laughs) being a big 13 years okay john thanks very much for your time and we'll chat again soon as a follow-up thanks john cheers